Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women who are unafraid to age out loud. Today we have a very special episode of A Certain Age. It's our third anniversary show. And since we're all about aging out loud, you know we could not resist the chance to give this birthday a big, noisy shout out. Getting to midlife teaches us that we need to celebrate all the things, revel in another trip around the sun, seize every opportunity to take stock of how far we've come and honor what makes us older, better, wiser. Beauties, I want to thank you for showing up every Monday and making a certain age part of your week and for helping the show grow. A Certain Age now has downloads in 127 countries across nearly 9,000 cities. Thank you for being a friend of the show. We are celebrating with some fun party favors along with amazing giveaways from ACA guests. We have books from authors and some fantastic products to put in the mail. Sign up for our newsletter, Age Boldly, over on acertainagepod.com to get your party favor and be eligible for the giveaways. Now on to the birthday show. We have a switch in show format. As always for these birthday shows, we have a former guest co-hosting, and I am on the hot seat. Please welcome back to the show writer and memoirist Laura Friedman-Williams. Laura is the author of the memoir, Available, a very honest account of life after divorce, has written for British Vogue and performed at the storytelling event Generation Women. She is a fabulous writer, a beautiful storyteller, the essence of midlife reinvention, and most of all, she is proof that it is never too late to meet a new old friend. I'm so delighted that my dear friend Laura is here today to host the show. Welcome, Laura. Hi, Katie. So I'm going to start by congratulating you because (laughs) obviously, you know, you're having an anniversary. So that's exciting. And I do want to say on top of congratulating, I do want to say that in the in the couple of years since we um, since you interviewed me, we've become friends outside of outside of podcast life, which has been really some, uh, it's so lovely. As you said, a new old friend is amazing. And I have to say for everybody listening that um, your generosity and the way that you are always trying to connect people um, on your show is also what you do in real life. Um, it's like a very genuine and authentic quality that you have that I like admire and love. Um, so I just want to say that for everybody that you are the real deal, that the way that you present yourself on your podcast is also who you are, which is really nice. Thank you, Laura. I, I, I love hearing that. Thank you so much. That means so much. Yeah, it's, it has been so helpful to me the way you tried to connect me to other people, that you really want to bring people together, that your, that your goal is always to bring people together together. Now, because I am always a little bit inappropriate. um, (laughs) This is why we're friends, Laura. Why do you think you're co-hosting the show? (laughs) I'm going to start with a question about, um, you know, midlife aging that I think is just important just to get on the table, which is if you had to choose, if you could get rid of thin hairs or crepey skin, like if forever you could say, I'm going to, I'm going to live with one of these, but I can't tolerate the other, which would it be? Wait, so thin hair or crepey skin? This is like... Chin hair. Oh, not chin, chin hair. hair. Chin I like think you said thin the hair. Hairs. <laughs> no, like the witchy hairs or crepey skin. Like you you know, have to pick, you can, you can get rid of one, but you have to live with the other. I'm going with chin hairs. I'm getting rid of chin hairs. I, I have no... Same. <laughs> I have zero interest in a beard, and I just feel like crepey skin is part of the deal. And I, there's so many um, beautiful women that are rocking crepey skin, and I intend to be one of them. And I'm thinking of yeah. a woman that was on um, the cover of, I think it was uh, 
Vogue in the Philippines, and they featured an indigenous woman who I think was like 104, and I could be getting some of these facts wrong, and I'll I'll try mm-hmm. to figure it out for the show notes. But she, um, you know, was rocking her crepey skin, and and it just looked stunning and comfortable in her skin, even though it was starting to sag, and just you know had this sort of inner beauty and glow. And so I feel like I'm you know I, I, I'm down with that. I'll I'll, I'll take yeah. I'll take crepey skin. That's really Although funny. I do wear I a lot of sunblock. I do wear a lot of sunblock yeah. and I'm very Irish. So I'm hoping, yeah. and I'm also one of those people on the beach that is always in a muumu, is always under yeah. an umbrella. I do not like, yep. ha- like, I don't have like a sexy beach look. I've got like a very bun- <laughs> a very bundled up beach look. So I'm thinking my skin won't be, you know, crepey that quickly. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel you. I feel like the crepes come in other places that don't even know the sun. You know, it's like it's just just, uh, what happens underneath. We have vaginal Um, estrogen for that, Laura, by the way. (laughs) Interesting. I told, you know, my kids are always vying for like, who do you love most? Who's your favorite? And finally, like a a few months ago, I said to them, you know who my favorite is? The one of you who comes to the nursing home and tweezes my chin hair. That's who my favorite is. I know. Your favorite is the child that's giving you the least amount of trouble at the time. But Laura, you're not even going to see those chin hairs when you're in the nursing home because our eyes are <laughs> are going to be fully shot. It's just the respect issue. I just want them to respect that I want them gone. I get it. I totally uh, get it. Yes, thank you. So I want to just more seriously, um, I've been thinking a lot about um, transitions in life and that midlife is obviously a huge transition. Um, you and I both have daughters who are 23 and recent college graduates. And I've been thinking about the ways in which their lives are spanning like in this very open way ahead of them. We have no idea really where where they're going to end up and what their path is going to be. And I'm interested in the fact that so many of the themes um, to me of of their early 20s are actually really resonating with me in midlife. Um, And I wondered if you have thought about this, you know, with your daughter graduating and, and moving on in her life, if you thought, wow, being 50s in some ways is a lot like being in your 20s again. That's so interesting. You know, they're, they're, um, I mean, yes and no. I would say what we have in, what I think that I have in common with my daughter is that we're both like super excited about what's next. And there feels like this, this blank canvas that we get to really fill in. Um, But, you know, where I think, where I diverge from my daughter is that I, I, I hope I'm past some of the pitfalls that might be in front of her, which are, you know, the sort of the struggle to know yourself and to sort of feel confident as you as you do these new, you know, embark on these new adventures. I really um, I, I, I feel like that I, I, I'm not constrained by the things that I, I was constrained at when I was her age. And and who knows? I mean, you know, Grace is very different than I am, and Annabelle is di- very different from you. They're a different generation. They might not feel those pressures to fit into a box or to conform or, you know, th- so maybe they're skipping over the- some of those things. And, you know, it's interesting. Grace has been uh, editing my podcast transcript for the last year from from school. She was looking to make extra money, and I pay her to edit the shows. And so I feel like that alone, you know, that level of uh, information that I never had about things that were coming down the pike, like like menopause, like body changes. And and she's been hearing every single week from women who, when they look backwards, um, you know, feel sort of confident and resilient and and strong. So, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe this this different generation is not going to fall into some of the pitfalls that I felt like I at least did. How about you? What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting that she's been following along. It's funny because I was listening to someone talk. They were um, a podcast about the woman who wrote the article about menopause. That was in the New York Times. You know, that got so much attention. Um, And she was talking about how like her friend's daughter had read it, like who was in college and was like, wow, this is such helpful information for me to know because someday I'll know this when I need to know it. Um, And I don't, I don't feel like my kids would ever do that. I feel like they don't want to know what's ahead so much. Like they're, they, it's like, they see me as being older and they'll kind of like poke fun at the things that are the hard things about growing older, but they're also not interested in me being limited in any way. Like they're constantly encouraging me to go back to school or find another career. if That's what I want. You know, they don't, they don't see me as having like a limited shelf life, even though they are definitely acknowledging the ways in which I'm getting older. We have such a um, multi. Do, we have such an intergenerational like world these days in so many ways. Like I know yes. that you're close to your mother, and your kids are close to her as well. My my kids have that same experience, and you know we have um you know I, I, we don't want to get into politics, but we have you know our our president right now is the oldest president we've ever had. You know before this we had um you know Nancy Pelosi. Who, you know so people are seeing like very and we're seeing women winning award shows and on the cover of Vogue who are older in different ways. And so I do think like this ageism has not gone away and it's not dead, but there, there is more exposure to people thriving across generations mm-hmm. that I, I think younger than younger generations had. And even in terms of music, like, you know, my, yes. my, my boys will go see like dead and company with my, with my mm-hmm. um, husband, you know, I, no one went to see music with their, their parents <laughs> <laughs> when they were growing up. I mean, it's like, no, you know, I know, true. you know, I know Dead and Company is a nostalgia act, really. But, you know, yeah. there, there is just this more the generations are more intertwined in some ways. Um, I do than, agree with that. Than they were in the past. And I think that's great because it, it makes yeah. it less. You know, when you see role models about what it means to age, it's like, look, you can be 53 like my husband and still have fun at a concert. Like, you don't feel like you're going to grow up and the fun ends. You know, you you yes. really, you. No, I agree with that. It's funny. I was talking to my daughter recently and I said my favorite thing, I'm in Rockaway Beach for the summer, and my favorite thing is to ride my bike at night, like in the evening, not when it's dark, but like I'll bike and get a drink or we'll bike to get ice cream. And she goes, oh my God, mom, you're biking drunk. And I said, no, I'm not. I'm, you're like, I'm, I'm biking not. buzzed. I just have like one drink. And she yeah. goes, drunk biking is the best. And I go, I mean, honestly, you've had a broken leg and a broken wrist in the past year. So I'd say it's probably not. But <laughs> oh I, but I, but it was a very funny conversation of like, I can't believe my mother at 52 is dry, dry, biking to the local bar and back again. Like that's, you know, she was sort of like blown away by that. Yeah. You know, having, all the things I've ever done that have impressed her. That was tops. I, I love it. We can still remain young and fun. Laura, we're heading into a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to keep on going. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, would you use it to head to yoga, take a nap, read a book, hang with a friend, maybe start a podcast? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. I know I do. I have three kids, two jobs, one puppy, and to be honest, a zillion things on my want to get to list. Here's what I've learned. The best way to squeeze something special into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your busy schedule. Getting started is so easy. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. 
Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash a certain age today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash a certain age. Laura, we're back from the break. What's next? So in the past three years since you started your podcast, have you noticed a shift? I mean, do you feel like you started the show because you felt like there was a lack of conversation about certain topics? And in the past three years, you've seen a change where there's more openness about it? Uh, That's such a great question. You know, I started the show because I just wanted to launch a podcast. I was excited about exploring this medium. You know, I love I love audio. I love podcasting. I love storytelling. And I had kicked around the idea for a couple of years. And I really I couldn't settle on what I wanted to talk about. And I I think I've shared this story uh, on the show in the past, but for people who haven't heard it, my day job is as a career coach. And I had had two conversations in a one-week span that really clarified for me what I wanted the show to be about. And I spoke to two women who were rock stars. One is a good friend who runs a restaurant. One is a college friend who had two books on the New York Times bestseller list. And in a one-week span, they both told me that they didn't want anyone publicly to know they were over 50. Um, the author writes YA books. The, the restaurateur says that, you know, the restaurant industry is very ageist. And it really, you know, it, it shocked me. And it also kind mm-hmm. of pissed me off because I was like, not with them. I mean, they, they were right to feel what they feel about the professional spaces they operate in. But it really, like, outraged me that we can't achieve career success and expect to keep it if if people think we're too old or that in some ways aging diminishes your your talent and your contributions and your experience and your relevancy and that that was like truly that that you know cliched like light bulb aha moment and i was like this is absolutely what i want to talk about so you know, I did start it for fun and out of a passion, but then I really became extremely uh, excited about trying to sort of sh- shift the narrative of what it means to get to midlife and to age. And I-, I feel lucky that I started this podcast at a time when there was really an explosion of interest in the midlife space. I 100% feel like things have changed in the landscape. Um a lot of there's so much more conversation about menopause, for example, and the impact that it has on women's um, both physical, sort of spiritual and emotional life. And the, the, the article that you referenced is a great point. Sue Dominus uh, in The New York Times wrote an article called Women Have Been Misled About Menopause. But there's been an explosion of interest in uh, creating services and products not just products for menopause, but services like telehealth, better education, better access mm-hmm. to the care that women need. And there's a lot of conversation around around midlife. So there has been a great shift, um, I think. And But the shift is just, it's just the beginning. It's like, yeah. you know, it, it, it's just like a seesaw is just beginning to tilt in the right direction because there is still so much fear and concern around ageism. Um, I, I hear it from people in my day job every week. Um, so I feel like the conversation is moving in the direct, right direction, but every single person who's listening to the show, I think, has a role to play in it. You know, you, we, we need to age out loud in the spheres that we operate in, both professionally and personally. And, um, you know, it's also like you and I were just talking about our daughters. I think it's beyond just creating a better space for ourselves right now, but it's like really extending a hand backward to the generation that's coming up behind us. 
and letting them know that, you know, getting to midlife, getting to 50, 60, 70 and beyond doesn't doesn't necessarily um, limit things for you. Yeah, that's a really encouraging answer. I like it. I mean, I think that as you're saying, we're moving in the right direction. Of course, we're not there. Three years and I can see there, but it's really nice to know that you feel that there's been a positive shift in three years and hopefully we'll continue talking about it. I do agree. I think with so many women, you know, going gray, you know, publicly like celebrities who really like Andy McDowell, I think it was, who was photographed with her, her like silver hair, um, you know, and those, it makes such a huge impact on totally. other women. So it really gives us stunning. permission. Ugh, I love her. Yes, I totally agree. That's a yeah. great, that's a great so, point. There's so much more, you know, this sort of silver hair evangelist. It's like, you would not have seen that back in the day. And it, that's, that's changed as well. Yes. Um, and I just want, you know, I wish there was more from, you know, women in their fifties and sixties and seventies and beyond to show like the crepey bodies, you know, <laughs> uh, I mean, to say like, this is what happens or this uh, is what might happen to your skin after it's been stretched out with multiple pregnancies. And like, that's a beautiful thing because it means you lived a life. Yep, absolutely. Well, there's a. I, I had a guest on the show, um, Stephanie uh, Odell, who runs a gray-haired modeling agency called Celebrate mm-hmm. the Gray. And one of the uh, criteria for be- being a Celebrate the Gray model is that you haven't um, done like a lot of, you, you haven't done big like plastic surgery on your face. Like they, mm. they, they're looking, um, and this is not to say that, you know, we can have a conversation around this too. Like I've done like Morpheus, like needling for like, collagen, you know, production. And there's like, everyone gets to choose their own adventure and there's yes. no right or wrong around yes. this. This is, I want to be very clear about that. Um, yeah. But their, their modeling agency really specializes in women who've done, who are just aging naturally because, you know, there, there's a role for that also. And so I, I love that that's, that's an option that's on the table. I love seeing brands like um, Bobby Brown, uh, uh, Bobby Brown Cosmetics, who now has Jones Road Beauty. She has, you know, freckly faced 16 year olds and um, women who are gray haired, who are clearly in their 60s or 70s, um, modeling her cosmetics. And, you know, she's not just marketing to older women. She's marketing to every woman, but she's choosing to use mature models. And that's that is also something you didn't see in the past. For sure. No, definitely not. That's it's exciting to see that it really is as as we get older um, and getting older gets cooler. It's definitely encouraging to be in that space. Um, so I'm curious to know in in the shows, just whatever pops into your mind, like what is the most surprising thing a guest has ever said to you on a show? Um, oh, my gosh, that's a really hard one. I mean, good or bad, surprising, like something that was just kind of steered the conversation in a different direction or just made you like something that you come back to in your mind all the time. I come back to so many things in my mind all the time. I mean, I'm honest. I'm like a broken record. I learn something on every. <laughs> I, I'm, I learn something on every show, and you know, I guess like the, the 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 sort of biggest umbrella idea that I've learned that's been surprising is that the doctors that are caring for you don't necessarily get it, and that was mm-hmm. a shock. I mean, I like I <laughs> yeah. literally thought like when I went to my gynecologist that that she was taking care of everything, and the answer is it's not true. And that gynecology really focuses on your reproductive years and sometimes, you know, uh, needed, you know, gynecological surgeries. But there's very little education and information about menopause and even sexuality. Like, you know, when was the last time your gynecologist asks you if you orgasm regularly? Like, probably never. 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 And it's like, why isn't that part and parcel of... um, you know, taking care of your your health, you know, it's like good for your tissues and it's all sorts of stuff. So 
I it was really you know the I launched this podcast 35 days before I before I turned 51 and it was an enormous education to realize like wow like the people that I think are minding the shop aren't necessarily so you really do need to educate yourself educate yourself about bodily changes and how to care for your your aging body so that's sort of like a big picture idea I mean yeah I guess some of the um I'm trying to think of is there there was like another like super duper surprise. Um, I talk about this sometimes. Uh, Vonda Wright, who came on the show, Dr. Vonda Wright, who is an orthopedic surgeon and an expert in um, bone health and and actually um, you know aging vibrantly. She's studied. She's done a lot of research into senior Olympians, and I was surprised to learn that. Um, you can build muscle and like your bones don't like you, you start to think you fall apart and that decrepitude is inevitable. And that's actually a terrible word. But like you think falling apart is a natural <laughs> part of aging. And I was yeah. pretty surprised to learn that that doesn't have to be the case till you're about 70. So and I think those are really important myths to bust, because if we just think that like falling apart is inevitable, we're sitting on like the sofa eating right. pr- Pringles, or at least I am, you know. But when you realize that there's a potential to to maintain physical, muscular, skeletal health, then we're invested in doing so. So I think like, so that's a sort of one right. example. But I'm also sometimes surprised too about, um, you know, I did a, a urology show and I had um, a urologist come on to say that, you know, ha- sneeze peeing and like being afraid to run for the bus or like leaking urine is not inevitable either. And that most of these things are fixable. And I had a number of women reach out to me, including f- two former guests who had been on the show to tell me that they went to see that urologist. And that urologist, oh, did, wow. she did kind of blow my mm-hmm. mind because I said, when should women come see you? And she said, most of my patients come to see me 10 years too late. And that they have right. literally been suffering for 10 years. And that's astonishing. There is, yeah. the, go, we keep talking about the, the Sue Dominus article in the New York Times, women have been met, misled about menopause. But there's a great quote from a urologist in that article, Dr. Rachel Rubin, and she said, um, in America, we have a high cultural tolerance for women's suffering. And mm-hmm. that is enraging because it's true. Yep. <laughs> because yes. it's, it, you yeah. know, enraging because it's true. And, you know, a lot of, and I've learned from making these shows that a lot of women suffer from a host of things that, that uh, they don't need to. So I guess those are some of my big surprises. Yeah, those are good surprises. I mean, I think those are pretty transformative. I think just even the idea of I'm surprised that women don't have to suffer. Like right. we can actually have agency. And I think it was funny because the art, the, the podcast I was listening to where the woman who, who uh, about the menopause article, um, they used the word agency like four times. And it was funny because by the time they said it again, I was like, I was counting, you know, clearly I was like, wow, they're really into this idea of women having agency. But I, I do think that um, it is such a reaction to all the years in which really women have not had agency, where doctors are making decisions for them or their husbands are making decisions for them um, or where like they're just not being taken seriously. Yep. And um, so so as much as it's, it might be having, you know, the word agency might be having its moment. I, I appreciate um, why. Yeah. Um, so and agency, I, also... agency begins with information. You know, you cannot yes. take agency over things that you are not informed about. And, and you know, the reality is, like, we need to demand more of our medical system. Like, we, there's just not even enough information and research on women's health. And that's also part of the reason why, you know, women have not been taking HRT for the most part for two generations because there was some bad science that that happened with the Women's Health Initiative. And that, not that the science was bad, but the misinterpretation of the science created this sort of knock-on effect where women were denied 
you know, the, the, the right information to make choices. So, you know, know that, that, that information is, go find the information that you need to make the decisions that are right for you and your body, because every, everybody's body is different. Well, that's where a show like yours comes in handy, especially because I think a lot of women are very private and they're not sitting around talking about menopause or chin hairs or vaginal dryness. I mean, I do because I um, talk about everything. I'm not a private person. Obviously, I wrote a book about sex, um, you know, in midlife. <laughs> and so a very I'm good obviously... book. Everybody needs to go check out Available <laughs> if you haven't already, because that's going in the show notes. Thanks, Katie. It's a... Thanks, Katie. Um, but I'm not a private person, and it has served me well. You know, I think sometimes it's mortifying to my kids, but I'm like, the more you talk to people, the more information you get, you get ideas that you wouldn't have thought of. And we're all, the human experience is very common um, and also very unique. So you never know when you're going to get the piece of information that changes you or helps you. Um, so I just would encourage also, you know, women who are more private and are listening, but maybe not talking about these things to talk about it, you know, because, um, it, it helps. It helps to laugh about it too. I love that. Um, That's so, such a great prompt. Thank you, Laura. I love that. Sure. <laughs> because I know that you, you're you such a planner and a very thoughtful person. Um, I'm curious if you have thoughts on where you want your show to go, you know, having the hindsight of where your show has been for three years, if your directions that you see, like I've talked about a lot about estrogen, I've talked a lot about menopause, and but I really haven't covered X yet. Such a good question. You know, I, I've been thinking about this, actually, because we have some reader questions we're going to do at the end, and one of them is very similar. And it's like, what what sort of, and actually, maybe I'll just say it right now. So Christine um, Morrison wrote in to ask, what changes would you like to see in show format, and what topic are you dying to cover? And mm-hmm. I would love to consider doing some solo episodes. I've listened to a couple of podcasts where... Um, where hosts do that. And I think that could be a fun, I, you know, I, I wouldn't do them regularly, but maybe quarterly as sort of a recap if there's something going on. Um, topics that I'd love to cover that I haven't gotten to yet, I would love to explore um, cannabis and microdosing. You know, I know that's mm-hmm. something that's become increasingly popular. We haven't had anyone on talking about those topics Um or anyone even really doing um, CBD, um, you know, sort of beyond something with, you know, THC psychoactives in it. So I, I would love to explore those because I think people are interested in that. Um, super nerd. I want to do a pickleball show mm-hmm. because I'm obsessed with pickleball. And <laughs> listen, you get, listen, get, getting yeah. to midlife means like owning your whole self. And I am willing yeah. to admit that I am a midlife cliche and I enjoy pickleball. So I, I want to do a show okay. on that. But those are sort of specific topics. And in terms of where I'd love to take the show, I want to keep doing um, I want to keep doing it. I love doing this every Monday. Um, I, I think I would like to explore the idea of doing some video components. Um, and, you know, in terms of other formats, I definitely 100 percent want to do a live event. I've, I've got um, mm-hmm. an idea I'm kicking around. And if I get it up and running, everyone's going to know about it. But I'm also, um, I'm still working on, on a book, but I, I, it's, I, I'm going to confess it's a really slow burn, but it's something that I would love to do. I, I would love to capture so many, so many of the lessons and so much of the information I've learned on the show in a, in a book, um, since I'm also, in, in addition to being a pickleball nerd, I, I'm, I'm a big, you know, I'm a big book nerd. <laughs> Well, along those lines, I'm also curious. I think people who have been listening to you, they know that you're very eloquent. Um, You know, you're smart. Uh, They follow your Instagram. They know you're beautiful, that you have a beautiful family. 
what is something that would surprise us to know about you? Um, oh my gosh. Um, I would say what would be surprising? The probably like I'll tell you, okay. I recently took a bottle of coffee mate out of the fridge to put in my coffee, like French vanilla coffee mate. And a friend was over and was like, I can't believe that you drink this. Like this makes me so happy to know you're not a purist, that you drink the like junkiest stuff in your coffee. And I said, Yeah, I love coffee mate. I love it. It's I, so gross and I love it. That's so funny. I, you know, we all have like, well, I love Pringles. I don't know if that's a surprise because I think I've said it a couple of times. <laughs> I guess if I were it. like to like, be totally honest, you know, I have been a smoker in my past and I've been going through a stressful period of time and I've been like having what I call sneaky peaky cigarettes occasionally. So that's maybe that's a surprise because I, I, I've also it had does pe- surprise me. <laughs> Because it's I'm so stupid. It's so stupid. So that's probably like my big confession. Um, and I, I, you know, it's it's not a it's not a good thing. But it's it's maybe that's a surprise that. Um, but it's honest. It's, it might not know, be good, but it's honest. It's not. Yeah, it's definitely not good. It's definitely not good. But you know, I'm I'm going back. You know, we can we can do hard things, which I've said on the show before. <laughs> So I'm doing the hard thing of not like, you know, medic. I, it's so funny. I, I was a smoker. I, I was raised a New Yorker. I think like, to go to a private girl's school in New York meant you had to smoke. It was like part of like wearing a uniform. Uh, I'm yes. joking. It's like stupid. But anyhow, that's what it was. It was in the 80s. You could smoke in movie theaters. So it was, it was a bad thing. And for the most part, over the last, I'd say, 20 or 30 years, cigarettes have not been a part of my life. Like, you know, maybe if you're on a vacation or blah, blah, blah. But I have been going through a stressful um time in my life and i love um i don't know it's just like it's so escapist because it's so dumb and it whenever i have a cigarette i'm instantly 16 and as much yeah. as, as much as we're age positive sometimes it feels delightful to be an unencumbered 16 year old with absolutely zero pressures zero um worries zero you know so it, it anyhow but anyhow i'm working on it's, it it's like an attitude there's like an attitude that comes it with is the smoking, but it's also the feeling of like blowing the smoke out exactly it's so dumb but anyhow mm-hmm. the more i talk about it the more i want a cigarette so we have to like move on but by the, <laughs> by the time i'm doing the fourth birthday show i'm committing to having this be a hundred percent in the rear view mirror <laughs> okay but i i really do want to uh, applaud your honesty because you know sometimes the things that are surprising about us are also kind of like you know we don't necessarily want everybody to know like yeah i don't necessarily want everybody to know that i still think like a bowl of lucky charms is fine <laughs> but i do and that's the truth about me is that i go high low yeah and my lows are low um so you know it's it's okay these are just this is just who we are um another question i have about the show you know three years worth of shows that's a lot of shows I mean, how many shows is it how many um, shows have you done? Do you know the well, total I just, number? I just did 145. So I think this is going to be, um, this might be 148 by the time it airs or 49. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. Are there any that you, I don't want to, I don't want to use the word regret that's stronger than I mean, but right. were there any moments that you had where you thought, I probably shouldn't have said that, or I shouldn't have done that, or that show left me feeling a little bit like that was not quite right? Huh, that's such, such, you know, I'm thinking about that. You know, my Aunt Margaret recently said to me, actually it was my Aunt Mary, recently said to me, every time you have an author on the show, you love the book. And I'm like, yeah, because mm-hmm. I that's why I put them on the show. <laughs> you know, like, So I feel like for the most part, I don't have regrets because I, I um, this is my podcast. I produce it. I invite everybody. 
Um, so for the most part, I, everyone who's come on is somebody that I'm really excited to have there, who's, whose work I believe in, and um, I'm excited. You know, I'm just trying to think. No, I don't. I don't think I do have a regret about um, of any any of the shows. I, you know, yeah, that's good. I'm not like trying to find it. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm literally like I'm thinking out loud. Like my wheels are turning, and I and I really feel like um, to me that's one of the most beautiful things about this project is I'm in charge of it, and I love that. You know, I have worked in the past at PR firms. I you know, used to write the morning news. I worked on Capitol Hill. I was always telling stories, but I was always doing it for other people. And now I'm I'm in the driver's seat. And I love that. It's a very good place to be. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, that really sounds amazing. And actually, yeah. what it's making me think that's kind of interesting is that every week you have a chance to reset. So if there are thoughts, you know, if you if you have a theme that you're doing and you want to build on it, you can keep going. And that is the beauty of a podcast format. And a, unlike a book, where, you know, you write it and it's done like months before it actually is published. So by the time it comes out, you might have new thoughts um, or things that you would have done differently, but it's too late. It's memorialized now. Yeah, um, exactly. I have some of those regrets. Um, I, again, I think regret is a strong word, but I regret, I think like, for example, for me in my book, um, I was in a very like privileged position when I wrote that book. Um, you know, I was still technically married, um, and my husband was just kind of, you know, supporting me and I was, um, doing my thing out in the world because we weren't living together anymore. Um, and since, and a lot of, and people did comment that I was, that I didn't realize, I didn't remark on how privileged I was to be able to have the freedom that I had because my soon to be ex-husband was financially supporting me. Um, and I do regret that. And I didn't, I don't, I didn't have a chance to reset because the book was out there. It's done. It is what it is. And it does make me cringe a little about it because I'm in a different place now. And now I really understand just how privileged I was. Um, but it was a so, snapshot in time, you know, and I think it that was we, a snapshot. It was a snapshot yeah. in time. And, and, you know, that's, that was your experience then. And it's hard, you know, I, I wouldn't beat yourself up and, and look back, but it's, who knows, maybe that's, that's book two, you know. You, yeah, you I mean, maybe, uh, but, I, but I do appreciate that, uh, you know, I think like the beauty of a podcast and I'm a huge podcast fan, you know, I love podcasts is that there is an ability to just keep moving forward in it, you know, and to evolve. I mean, that's one of the beauties of being able to look back on a life, on a show, on a project is that hopefully you're seeing some evolution. You don't want to be in the same place as you were. Absolutely. Um, that's why we're doing it because it's so fun to look backwards and just sort of think about, you know, when this podcast first launched, my first guest was Dr. Anita Sadati, a friend of mine. We were live in the studio together and I, I intended to do a, a dozen episodes. I said, I'm going to do 12 episodes and if I'm still enjoying it, I'm going to keep going. And I would could not have envisioned that I'd be here Three years later, you know, 148 shows, hanging out with Laura, who I met on this podcast, you know, yeah. and we hang out in real life. <laughs> it's true. like, you know, so many things have happened from creating the show. And I would just say that, you know, we're, we're kind of nearing the end of our time, but I want to like make sure I share this with listeners that if there's something that you've been thinking about doing, um, and it's just hard, hard to get in action because you know what the end is going to be. You don't have to. Like, I just, you know, just get started. You never know. Um where your efforts and your energy and your enthusiasm will take you because I have been surprised by where the show has taken me and how it continues to evolve. And I love it. That's why I keep doing it. But also you're really in it. And I want people to understand that also that you really walk the walk. Um, you don't just talk the talk, you know, you put yourself out there 
to constantly be experiencing new people and connecting people. And so I'm just telling them, saying at the end what I said in the beginning, I love um, it. which is that I applaud you for doing that because I think that's, the, that's why you've been successful at it. I think because you take it to the next level. Um, you. you know, it's not, you're not here for 45 minutes and then like the rest of the week is what it is. This is what you do. Like the, you. this is your, these are your passions and your interests and you carry that into every part of your life. And I think like I, as a listener, I feel that and it makes it very worthwhile to, to like listen to who you've chosen um, as somebody that we might be interested in. I love it. Thank you. No, I try to serve for there's so many different women doing amazing things. And, and, and that's actually why I've launched this other Instagram community and everyone should like click clack over there, which is called at let's age out loud on it. Let's age out loud on Instagram because I, I truly believe like midlife awesomeness is 24 seven. I have met countless women. There are more women mm-hmm. than I can possibly have on the show who are up to amazing things, who are reinventing their careers, their, their love lives, their health, their creative endeavors. I mean, I am knocked out constantly by everyone who listens to the show and everyone who's ever been on it or everyone who's ever pitched me. And there's just so much terrific vibrancy in this phase of life. So I'm happy it shows that I, that I love it and I care. Yes. And it does. I mean, it's encouraging. If this is all, it's very positive. It's nice to hear things that are positive once in a while. (laughs) 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 Says Debbie Downer over here. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm not a Debbie Downer. I don't even know why I say things like that. Not at all. No. I like to think of myself more as like a Mary Sunshine. I love it. um, So I I have a bunch of like super fun questions I want to ask you. Let's do it. Um, Okay. Um, This is Laura's version of the speed round. Yeah, I, I, I have some or whatever. They're going to be fun and silly. Um, Okay. If you had to give up dairy or gluten, which would it be? Oh my God. Definitely gluten. Oh, wow. I can't give up ice okay. cream. I didn't see that coming. I, I can't give, give up ice cream. Up. But gluten, is that in your Pringles? I mean, are you giving up Pringles? I know. I could give up Pringles. Gluten? I could give up Pringles. I can't give up. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah. Tillamook chocolate peanut butter ice cream. That's, Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's, my, that's my other vice besides my sneaky peaky cigarette from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, if you had to speak another language for the rest of your life and not practical, what would it be? Uh, Portuguese. Oh, I'm dying to move to okay. Portugal. I've never even been, and it's like oh. on my list. I'm like, I, I like, I, I like, I see myself in Lisbon, surrounded like blue and white stuff, drinking red wine, mm-hmm. and hanging out yeah. in the sun. I feel like Portugal is a very like solid aspirational choice. I feel like it's Portugal is might also be having its moment. Um, okay, you have to move to another American city. Which one is it going to be? Um, Denver. Interesting. I was in Vail. I mean, Denver's not Vail, but I was in Vail last um, September, and I just like fell in love with Colorado, and it's just gorgeous. And so I would let you know, Denver seems like a good jumping off. Maybe Boulder. I'm not sure. I don't know either one of them that well, but I love the idea of maybe being out west like that. But clearly, not like another. You know, you're not interested in an urban city, so that's interesting. You're you're talking about more of a you know something totally different. Kind of like a fantasy, Um, like you know, if I yeah, a fantasy. This is all fantasy. It's all fantasy. Um, in and in the world of fantasy, if you could be an amazing singer or an amazing dancer, which would you choose? So easy, singer. Singer, singer, singer. I'm such a bad singer that when I went to Catholic school, the nuns used to tell me to mouth the um the, the hymns at. In church. I'm not even no, making this didn't. up. They were so mean. Sister Smith was like, don't sing. You just have to mouth. And I was like, 
you know, that's rough. <laughs> that's amazing. My kids keep reminding me that years ago they had a contest for who was the worst singer in the family and that I hands down won. Yeah. And I'm like, that's amazing because I think I sound really good. And they're like, that is <laughs> I know I sound really bad. Confident you are. <laughs> I know I sound terrible. So I, that's that's a skill I would love to have. Okay, that's fun. Okay. Um, rainbow sprinkles or chocolate sprinkles? Chocolate. Okay. If you could go outside skiing or sit inside by the fire, which would you choose? Uh, fire. Oh, thank God. We can still be friends. <laughs> um, I'm all about the apres. I'm all about the apres. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad that I'm glad we're on that together. Um, your fantasy career, if you could have could have been anything, could still be anything. What would it be? I would love to be a graphic designer. I love design, and I sometimes I do a lot of work on Canva, but I feel like um, it'd be fun. I'd like to. I'd like to know more and be more talented at it. Um, you have to give up coffee or cocktails. Which one is it going to be? Oh, oh my God, Laura, this is. <laughs> <laughs> Like a, a universe in which you never want to imagine oh, yourself living. Oh my goodness, this one's tough. You know, I guess I'll I say I guess I'll tough. say coffee. I guess I'll say coffee because I only You're drink. Give up coffee. I only drink coffee in the morning. Like I love a cup of coffee in the morning, but I, I guess I could get over that. Um, but yeah. Wow, interesting. Okay, favorite thing to cook. My favorite thing to cook. Um, I don't, What's your I, signature meal? I don't have a signature meal. I, I, I cook a lot. Oh. Like, I'm like a recipe follower. My, my husband makes, yeah. he's like, he's the creative cook and I'm, I'm, I'm like an executor kind of cook. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I just, I'm like, oh my God, there's chicken in the fridge. You know, let me Google chicken. Like it's, I don't, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I don't know that I have a signature. I make, I make very good brownies, but I stole that recipe there from my go. sister-in-law, Kathy. So but I don't, it's okay. I don't, Even if it's your, you can use a recipe. Espresso, sea, recipe. espresso sea salt brownies. I'll put the recipe in oh. the show notes. They're amazing. Okay. That's like a, that's not just a brownie. That's like a Betty Crocker brownie. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is like a world-class brownie, but yeah. Okay. Favorite childhood cereal. Um, my favorite, it's Lucky Charms. It's so funny that you said oh. that because I was nodding. <laughs> First of all, did you know that Lucky Charms are gluten-free? I know this because my daughter is no. gluten-free and, yeah. uh, we have a tradition in our family called birthday cereal, which my mom started. You're only allowed to have sugar cereal on your birthday. So I grew up in a family of four. So like four times a year, we were like lit up with excitement. And, yeah. um, I do that with my kids and my, one That's of my so kids cute. like picks a different cereal every single year. He's like, he's like that. And Grace every single year gets Lucky Charms. Um, so yeah, Lucky Charms. I feel such a kinship to you right now. I mean, I just, <laughs> a lot of people don't get it. And I just feel like they're the thing about Lucky Charms that are in my mind unique is they're just as good with milk as without. Totally. Dry oh, those marshmallows. Those like dry marshmallows. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get in your bite. It's a surprise every time. That's hysterical. It really is a magical surprise. Um, favorite flower? Um, I love, love, love peonies, but I also like mm. have a sweet spot for hydrangea because I don't really grow peonies mm -hmm. successfully. Like, if somebody gives them to me, yes, but I, I have so many hydrangea bushes that I like love and tend to like they're my children. Hydrangeas, maybe. Yeah. I get that. I get both of those. I mean, I'm a big flower person too. Um, are you more of a fuzzy slipper gal or flip flops? Uh, fuzzy slippers. Fuzzy, mm. fuzzy, fuzzy. Okay. So you don't, so it sounds like you don't mind winter too much. I mean, we're talking Denver, <laughs> fuzzy slippers. We're talking about the fireplace. You're, it seems like you've got that. Um, okay. So finish this list. This is my, these, these are my, my three essentials. I would say like the things I can't live without food, sex, and books. Wait, what was the middle one? Food, 
sex, and books. That's my list. That's my top three things that I'm not going to live without. Okay, I'm definitely not living without three. I'm not living without avocados, for sure. (laughs) That's not happening. (laughs) It's not just food. You're not even going with the catch-all. Avocado. Oh, I thought I had to answer them specifically. Okay. No, I'm sorry. You have your. What's your list? What's your three things that you're like? These are my three. Can't live without. Oh, got it. Um. So I would say I can't live without probably my family, um, for sure. I can't live without Bikram yoga, which I know is like, you know, hardcore, um, sounds hardcore, but it's just, it's, it's total stress buster. And I can't live without reading. Interesting. So reading family and yoga. Yeah. Reading family and yoga. If I could do all three of those things in like one day, if I could throw rosé in there as well for number four. <laughs> well, you can because you just gave up coffee. That's true. <laughs> you, you chose the rosé over the coffee. You can exactly. have a cocktail with your family while doing yoga now. Um, okay, Katie, this is my last question. Um, what is your go-to song? You feel good. You feel sad. This is the song you put on. Um, I absolutely love Michael Franti's song, The Sound of Sunshine. It always makes me happy. Oh, that's sweet. It's phenomenal. Like I'll put that in the show I notes like how as quickly, well. Yeah. <laughs> I like how quickly you had that answer. Yeah. I feel like that's hard. You got to go through like a big treasure trove of, you know, music to get to the one. I love it. All right. Yeah. Very good. You're you're good at this. You're, 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 you got it. You're, you're good at this. this. I was, like that. This was so fun, Laura. Thank you so much for coming on and, and hosting. I so appreciate it. You are the best. I'm flattered that you wanted me to. And it was truly my honor. It's very rare that I get to be in the driver's seat. And it was fun. We, thank you, Katie. We all love the driver's seat. This was super fun. <laughs> <laughs> totally. This wraps A Certain Age, a show for women over 50 who are aging without apology. Don't forget to sign up for our weekly newsletter, Age Boldly, over on our website, acertainagepod.com, to get your party favor and be entered into our giveaways. I want to close by thanking everyone who has helped play a role in making A Certain Age. Dave Goldberg of Digital Waterworks for audio production and editing, Jane Green in the Emerald Audio Network, all of our sponsors, my children Grace and Milo Fogarty who edit the show transcripts, Michael Mancini, who composed and produced our theme music. And special thanks to each of the amazing women who have come on the show as guests to share their stories, smarts, and sparkle. Thank you to Laura Friedman-Williams for joining me today. I am so proud to be aging out loud with all of you. See you next time. And until then, age boldly, beauties. Beauties.